The following podcast is recorded and produced by Emerge, a media creators co-op, in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. It is your new host, Demond Curtinan. Uh Jules Houston, uh, switch seats for a week, uh, see how it goes. And Damian Jolly still where he stays at. <laughs> nah, he, he lying, y'all listen, y'all. He wasn't fit to leave, you know what I'm saying? Whoa, he wasn't yeah. fit to leave. So, um, welcome back, guys. Uh, I just want to say before we start, appreciate the support that's going on via social media. Um, you guys are, you know, sharing our, our, our messages, sharing our, our videos, and we appreciate that, so... Without further ado, let's go ahead and get into it. So, I want to start off. Drake just dropped the album. Um, I, I personally think it was a solid album. And we have the biggest Drake fan that I know, right, biggest bro. high school musical fan <laughs> that I know. He just loves music. He just loves music. So, Dame, go ahead. Talk about the experience you had at the Drake concert. All right. So, this past weekend on Saturday, I took me uh, myself and my sister to the Drake concert in Toronto. Last stop of his tour. And, man, he knows how to put on a show. Um, obviously, you expect that. This is, you know, this is his final stop of his tour in his hometown, back-to-back nights. Uh, started off a little, like, slow at first. Uh, he brought out, his opener is like, some British rapper, so it's kind of like, uh, yeah. you know. You know, you want to be fake British sometimes. <laughs> so I was like, oh, like, all right, I guess. I mean, people in the crowd seem to love him. I had never heard of him. Mm-hmm. I was like, all right, I guess. Like, that's mm-hmm. cool. Uh, he brought out Sexy Red then. That's when the whole crowd got, like, real weird. I was like, all right, uh, y'all, y'all, y'all some fans. <laughs> My sister was going crazy, so, like, she clearly is a fan. Um, around like 9.45, and we were also with Skyler in Sydney. Um, yeah, yeah, So that was really cool, too. We, we were literally outside the stadium at 5 o'clock, but we was in line for like two and a half hours waiting to get in. I the, li- the lines were crazy, I bro. I mean, like, there was people there at 10 o'clock in the morning trying to get tickets. The box office said they weren't selling <laughs> tickets. Yeah, I told <laughs> And they was there at 10 in the morning trying to get tickets. They were there all day, bro. The line was, like, wrapped damn near around the street. I was like, you guys aren't getting tickets. Like, you're wasting your time. Yeah, that rate, I'm having a concert at my crib. No, like, seriously. <laughs> like, I don't like, know if bro, I'm going to go see him. I'm you can go play here. Drake at home and, yeah. and get a better experience. No, honestly. Uh... So, you know, he came on He came on stage at 945. I got a bunch of really cool pictures and videos. He kind of, like, walked out. He said, like, a uh, poem to Toronto, which was really cool. And then just throughout the show, the visuals, um, the stuff he was doing, he gave out $10,000 to a fan because she wrapped a whole verse with him. Um, he gave out a, a G wagon. Him and Mercedes teamed up and gave out a G wagon. Uh, he gave out three Chanel bags in the thing. So and then you know as the show continues to go on, he's like you know I got to take a break for a minute. He comes out. Nelly Furtado's there in like the VIP section. Super cool. They like give her like a whole bunch of screen time. And then we get to the big part of the show for the first time where he's like you know I didn't want to let y'all down. Twenty One Savage couldn't be here, so I had to call my boy up and see if he can come out. J Cole comes out. Down the same place, J. Cole comes out, performs for a good 30, 30 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, some big songs. Him and Drake perform a song together. Then it gets quiet again. And all of a sudden, he's like, you know, this British guy comes out with, like, this piece of paper. Mm-hmm. And he reads off basically 21 Savage's real name, saying he's been pardoned. 21 Savage comes out, which is his first time ever performing outside of the U.S. So, mm-hmm. you know, we basically got a double whammy. We got to see Drake, J. Cole, 21 Savage all in one night, which yeah. was a super, super cool. Like I said, seeing 21 Savage, like I said, he has not performed anywhere outside the mm-hmm. U.S. yet. So mm-hmm. we know we, nobody expected to see him being mm-hmm. in Canada, so that ended up being really really cool. And then yeah, man, it was just awesome. Like they had a whole like Scotiabank was completely transformed into the OVO arena, so it was literally just all OVO stuff, all black and gold everywhere outside the stadium. It was yeah. really cool. It was really oh, worth it, man. Shit. Honestly, you know? <laughs> Dude, Drake went crazy. Like he really really showed out the props he used during the show. He's got the big inflatables. He had the Virgil Abloh uh, 
inflatable out there. There was like a Peter Pan one that he was doing. They had like the ho- the hologram with the kid Drake. I mean, oh, he yeah, put yeah, on he put like on a crazy, viral, crazy, crazy show, man. Like, and it just shows that like, he could just tell he really appreciated. It. He's like hugging all his people, the security guards and the people that work in the stadium. It was just really cool to see that. You know, I mean, he kept calling himself a humble man, which he was dragging. I'm not yeah, yeah. Called so, himself a humble man like 16 times. Hold on, why? This is how we catch him right here. So, did you ask him to be on a podcast? Yeah. Oh, you did. I did. <laughs> He, he must have got the commitments. That's all. But, but then he was like, "Yeah, he's like, see, I, I got, I got other stuff I got to handle." He's like, "I got to drink because I've been on tour for so long." If it was that Bobby girl, he yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He would give Bobby Atlaw and fucking he would give her an interview. Call him. It's cool. Call him. It's cool. He gonna regret. He won't regret it when we big. You know? Yeah, word, word, word. Gonna gonna gonna, no, but it was definitely worth. It was definitely worth the money. Definitely worth the drive. I mean, it's only like a two hour drive, but that traffic was a little crazy. But yeah, man, Drake put on a hell of a show, and I was, I was really happy to be a part of it. Okay. Uh, so, so both of y'all, real quick. Uh, if I had to, if I had to rap one. Drake verse like for, oh, for that ten thousand, which one y'all picking? Oh, I might that, start. Uh, 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 uh. That line green, that line green line. <laughs> yeah, no, so we had to speak yeah, on this, line. man. We had we had JH two in the two K runs the other day. Yeah, Shout out JH two, and um, wow, man, he was like he was like yeah, that, that new Drake album got some crazy bars. Set the worst bars on the album. Yeah, um, I don't know if he was clowning or not. Yo, Shout out you, man. I gave him two opportunities of his life, and he went over two. So you know. But, Nothing I could do for him, you know. I gave him the platform. I gave him the, yeah. and it's really sad because, like I said, the Drake album really wasn't bad. Like I mean, it wasn't anything like spectacular, but it was definitely a good enough album. Yeah. And he really said the worst bars on there. Yeah. Something about lime green text messages with an Android. Like clearly, yeah, the yeah, messages gonna hit. be green. The Android. Yeah, it kind of just set the tone for the night. So you know, cool. but yeah, I don't know, man. Drake verse to rap for ten thousand dollars. I like Drake. I can't think of like. I better find your heart. I don't even know. The 10K or a G Wagon? I'd be like, you my right hand. You my go to. I'm going to start singing the motor. I've been dancing trying to probably get a I forget. They sang a popular song together too. It's like one of, it was a newer one. I just can't think of what the name was. Yeah, but he asked me she was going 2020 and up. But she was going crazy. They had the camera on her too. So like they put her on the spot. Like it was really like you know like she he he would go quiet, let her rap, and then he would do the ad libs. Bro, she went she went crazy. She prepared her whole life. How many life people was there? Huh? How many people was there? There was twenty thousand. It was sold out stadium. Twenty thousand people. I'd have been stuttering. Yo, like, the, the camera was like literally in her face, man. That's what I'm saying. Like I, the fact that she was able to do it, like shout out her. She deserved that ten thousand because she went crazy. Been, yeah. I'd have been stuttering crazy. Any any verse ever, anyone I want to pick, I'm still mumbling some. Yeah, bro, I swear. <laughs> so Dame. Um, something just popped up with the actor strike. Yes. You want to speak so, on it? Uh, it was actually pretty upsetting to see that this morning. Um, basically, long story short, the Actors Guild is going to stay on strike going forward. Um, they got screwed over. The, the the major studio CEOs are basically offering less now than they were before the strike even occurred. Um, they aren't protecting them from AI stuff. So I literally, they were really showing pictures and shit of like Disney and uh, Netflix and some of their cheaper movies. You could literally see their AI in the background. Like they're they're not real actors in the background. It's just generated people. They really look like two K crowds in the wreck. Um, <laughs> He's standing up. You no, know, so they refuse to protect them from AI. They're not increasing their wages to keep up with inflation, and they won't. And so this would all cost fifty seven percent, for fifty seven cents or two percent of stu- uh, studio revenue, and they refuse to pay it. So you know we got the writers back, but the actors aren't coming back anytime soon. It seems like. And I don't know how long it's gonna last, but right now it feels like it's just at a standstill, which really, really sucks. Because you know, you get the writers back, you think, okay, things are gonna start moving forward. And then but without the actors, again. what do you do? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Time. At the end of the day, the actors bring out, bring in the people. Yeah. And you know, if you don't have the actors, then you can only go so far. And 
it just kind of sucks. I feel I really feel for the actors because I felt like that things were going to move really quickly after the writers had agreed, but it feels like the studios just aren't feeling that at all. They're really, really obsessed with the money they're making, and they just don't want to move on it right now. Yeah, man, that's that's a bummer. Now, me personally, any studio out there listening, you know, I can act. Yes, you know, dude. any 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 scene you need me to do, you know, as long as the money good, you know. He was not yeah. getting Miles Morales, bro. That's not, bro, that's they can hit me bro. up for Miles Morales, bro. That's like, not your role, bro. bro, come <laughs> on, bro. They can let me slide, you know what I'm saying? But in all seriousness, you know, as soon as we get over the writer strike, actor strike, it's... And that really sucks, too, because, sucks, you know, with Marvel, like, they're already talking about Fantastic Four supposed to film as soon as the writer strike, as soon as the actor strike yeah, ends. That's what it they was. already have plans for they go film in London as soon as the strike ends. It's not ending. <laughs> so, 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 like, like how, much more, how much longer are, are sh- things going to keep getting pushed back? Before, you know, we start to think, okay, maybe we're not getting anything anytime soon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And as much as, like, you know, the casual want to say, okay, we just wish everything could just fizzle out and, and be perfect. But we all know at the end of the day, like, as an actor, you know, we're not actors. They probably, you know, want protections and stuff like that. We're not in their shoes. So we can only hope that they get what they want and the studios get what they want, come to some sort of an agreement. So, yeah. Know. There's also that number thing, though. It's not even about just the money. It's like... With business, they'd be like, oh, I'm not going to offer you 10%, I'm going to offer you 9%. Like, I should offer you 25%, I'm going to offer you 24%. That, that, that split might be from 24 to 26%. And it's like, all oh, right, well, that number makes it seem like you have more stake, like you have more actual ownership of you and your everything that you're doing than we want to allow you. Like, I know there's a thing where, like, if you do a partnership, that 51% is, like, huge. That's what you yeah, can't yeah. get over, like, having that 51 compared to that 49. 49 yeah, you can't go 50-50. You just can't. Like, there's no way. So somebody yeah. has to get more. Somebody has to have to deal with more uh, responsibility. So, I mean, I can't say it is what it is because it isn't. It doesn't have to be like this. They want it to be like this. So, uh, unfortunately, like I said, we're in a standstill. Um, a lot of su- big studios are suffering badly right now. And even if one studio wants to do it, you know, it, it has this full-on agreement between all parties. This actually really affects us, too, as far as uh, being Gen V fans. Yes, because it does. they already said the boys will not, the boys won't drop their new season unless the writer strike, unless mm-hmm. the actor strike ends. Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, as long as that's going on, we're gonna get Gen V's finishing, and we're gonna get a, a follow up with a boys season for <laughs> who to, knows till twenty twenty six. So I mean, though. that plays into a lot of this stuff that we're talking about. Even like I said, Marvel shows. If you want to pivot into that, with you know what happened out the other day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So like, most things are getting pushed back because writer strike. This is something that was already delayed, and rightfully so. It was eighteen. It was an eighteen uh, episode series, Daredevil: Born Again, which is renewed by Disney Plus. Come from Netflix. Um, I'm a huge Daredevil fan. One of the best superhero shows I've ever watched. Not even close. Um, unfortunately, though, it's been it's been it's been an issue. All right, and it's been an issue between all Marvel shows because the writing sucks. The writing sucks. Why? Because they have this fascination on that. It has to be this huge, over the top. Kind of thing, and the first four episodes are very boring. Now, could it have been boring to the fans, maybe, but what we heard was that Daredevil was not going to be in his Daredevil costume until episode four. You can't have a Daredevil show without him being in costume, or at least having some type of action without you know, uh, without you know, maybe it's what about three hours, about three hours about of three hour uh, watch time before he actually gets into anything. Um, and then they were also going to kill Karen and Foggy, so they were yeah, they already the weren't going to kill back. off two yeah. important characters that people wanted back. Mm-hmm. They were going to kill them off to begin with. And I'm kind of just sick of Marvel making characters earn their suits. Yeah, these they're superheroes; they don't need to earn their suits. Yeah, this, Daredevil's already worn his suit. Yes, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like <laughs> you're literally taking it from Netflix, and it's already established. And we know he's Daredevil. He was in Spider Man. How could you possibly? 
and for any reason trying to make up an origin though. Just let him have a suit. He has a suit. Now he has to make it. Now he has to go get it made. Like you know what I'm saying? He actually had to go through those steps to get upgrades in his suit um during uh Daredevil. But um from what I remember though, um in that pilot episode, maybe in the second episode, it was a lot going on. A lot of street fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with the blindfolds over his eyes. I'm pretty sure in the second episode we got the iconic hallway scene with him with the blindfold over his eyes. He's beating everybody up. That stuff like that, if I'm not like for me personally, if I'm not getting that, if I'm not getting that 2.0 exactly the same way, then I don't want I don't want Daredevil. I don't want Daredevil born again. Um bring him into certain cameo roles or whatever, bring him into a movie, don't do the show. If you're gonna do an eighteen episode show, you got you need some action. Yeah, eighteen <laughs> hey, episodes. I'm not gonna watch four episodes and then there's not be no action and then there's no guarantee the action's gonna be good because all street hero and like you know, street esque, I guess, heroes that are like grounded, um, their action can be some of the best because it's going to be the most realistic, the most likely to happen, actually see that happen. Um, when you got people flying around and stuff like that, can't really resonate with that. But if you see Daredevil fight hand-to-hand combat, you kind of understand, like, I know how to punch feel. I don't know what a mystic blast to the eyes feel yeah, like. Right. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So uh, people love Street Heroes, but mm-hmm. this is this is upsetting, really, and, because how bad it is. But you know what? I think it's for the best in the long run. It um, is, they're going to do multiple seasons now. They don't want to do event series anymore. They mm-hmm. don't want to do, here's a six-episode season about a character that you've never heard of. And you're going to get that going forward. They're going to make these seasons longer. They're going to make them multiple seasons, which I think is better. That's what Loki's doing. <coughs> Loki's been their most successful show so far. Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because that was supposed to be like a, uh, a series finale. Yeah. And it turned mm-hmm. into a season finale once you like play on a road. And, that, and it's really smart. I think that they're doing that. They don't need to put everything in one season and force everything. And that's why they're doing these six episodes and you feel like you're watching so much so fast. Yep. There's no development in the characters. And um, I this is the, well, this isn't just an overhaul of Daredevil. They're overhauling all their shows going forward. Yep. This is a big thing. I saw something where like the Moon Knight director, like Jeremy Slater, or whatever, left during the middle of making Moon Knight. Like these these guys weren't mm-hmm. even staying with that. Yeah, it was like a, he had a big interview. Yeah, he yeah. Left. So like I mean like you're so you're seeing like why some of these shows are so half you know half yeah. ass half baked because like of the fact good, literally because you know they couldn't agree. I felt like they were ta- they were really taking the creativity out of the writer's hands. Saying here, you have to do this. Yeah. And then they're making all their special effects people say, hey, listen, this didn't look good. Fix this all in post. Yeah. And on top of that, you're making your, no show should cost $150 million to make. Yeah. Not a six episode show. Yeah, that's true. Mm-hmm. Secret Invasion cost like $170 million to make. It was, was their worst show yet. Yep. You don't have to do that. By so, far. you know, I saw that they're going to say going forward, they're going to have real writers, real showrunners. They're going to direct pilots. No more just, hey, listen, you're going to have this and start with it. Pilots are important. You need good first episodes. You mm-hmm. need to drag people in. And especially with, like I said, those newer characters where, like I said, Daredevil's already had a show. We don't need that for Daredevil. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we, we needed that for Miss Marvel. We needed that for Moonlight. We needed bigger episodes, more in-depth details than what mm-hmm. we got. You know, She-Hulk was literally just thrown out there and was like, hey, listen, this is Hulk's cousin. Yeah, it's Hulk's cousin. Yeah. And Hulk already, don't get me started on Hulk. Yeah. Yeah. No, you you know what I'm saying? But, so, I mean, that's <laughs> really, that's a, a big thing. And I'm since if Marvel's really going to commit to that going forward with the shows changing up, they realized that it wasn't working. And this is a, this is the second time they're revamping shows. So, I mean, yeah. something has to uh, hit the face. Something has to stick to the wall eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. So, over the last couple of days, I want to say, probably last week or so, um, something we just want to touch on real quick here at the Virtual Souls. UFC 294 had a main event and a co-main event changed. The opponents were changed. It was originally Islam versus Charles Oliveira, and Charles Oliveira had a cut on his eyebrow. I don't know what you're doing. Yeah, like, that's just, you know, that's poor camp. Biggest, poor biggest camp. fight of your life coming up, you know, next week, and you have 
I don't know, you've been spinning elbow. I don't know who you fighting, but <laughs> like, like, who are you sparring with? Like who are you sparring with to put a gas like that on your forehead? Mm-hmm. So he had to uh he had to uh, step out of the fight and here comes Volkanovski. I honestly like a fight that big against one of the best fighters in the world. I'm shocked somebody stepped and then out of all people, Volkanovski, already a champion, stepped up. And then our co main event was Hazmat versus Polo uh Polo Costa and I I already knew that fight was going to happen. But then we get Kamaru Usman at middleweight, his debut at middleweight, which I can't say I expected considering Israel Adesanya's his friend. But Israel, we don't know. I don't know what his career trajectory is. So, mm-hmm. Jules, if you want to touch on, you know, how you feel about the two main events being changed. Um. So, from what I read, what I've seen and whatnot, um, first off, they kind of came to this agreement with Volkanovski where um, – we, he wants to be a double champ. He wants to actually defend both titles, and it's only a 10-pound difference, so we get that. But his thing was that now he, he has nothing to lose for sure now, and it's all on Islam, which is true. But mm-hmm. I do think this is, is in bad taste for the company, trying to save a card this much to this extent. Mm-hmm. You don't want to waste Islam versus Volk. Yeah. rematch on a 10-day notice and you got to get a whole different press conference. Obviously, Vols can make the weight because he's going up in weight, not down. So, obviously, that's going to be a whatever, you know. That's not what I'm worried about. What I am worried about now is that DDP, uh, Duplessis, he was scheduled to fight Izzy. That was that mm-hmm. was, that was, the, that was the goal. Now, we got a title eliminator with uh, Usman and uh, Chemayev. Neither one, uh, well, I should say, Usman has zero wins at middleweight. Chamayev has not fought at middleweight in two years. It makes no sense for this fight to be happening. For a title eliminator, um, this is bad on Dana. Um, It's good for fans, but it's bad on Dana because now he's sliding DDP. Uh, Paulo Costa probably was never going to fight Chamayev. I honestly did not believe he was going to. Mm -hmm. I thought he was going to pull out weight issues, stuff like that. He wasn't supposed to be back in 185. Remember, he was not supposed to be in 185. He was being 205. That was the goal. He was supposed to go to 205. Now he's back at 185. It's the big old mess right now with this card. For fans, outside looking in, it looks great. But mm-hmm. we had two guaranteed finishes probably going out to two de- decision fights, more likely. Um, but for me, actually, I don't think that Usman and um, Tamayev will be a actual decision. But well, uh, Usman's a very safe fighter. He really hasn't had many finishes in his career, especially as he was holding the title. He was getting a lot of uh, decision victories and just boring victories in general uh, leading up to the title. So... Uh, with that being said, though, um, it's cool to see when people do step up for the right reasons. Like, you know, we see Michael Bingsby step up and he end up getting a title. Mm-hmm. We've seen, you know, guys like um, Chad Mendes step into for to fight Connor, and right. he had one of the best showings of his career. You know, he lost. You know, it just it means something. Justin Gaethje stepped up on short notice against one of the, the boogeyman division, Tony Ferguson, and beat literally years off his career. Mm-hmm. So when stuff like that does happen, it is unfortunate. But, you know, I, I'm going to be honest, this might be one of those situations where Volk steps up and he just ends up beating mm-hmm. Islam. He clearly is confident. He's confident. <laughs> yeah. He's confident day, about something. Against one of the best fighters in the world, 10-day mm-hmm. notice is insane, bro. It actually is, really. It like. really is, man. But um, that's going to wrap up our UFC. Now, we watch Loki here. Uh, live reactions with everybody, and there is a Easter egg. First of all, we want to apologize that we don't have the reaction to the post credit scene. Um, yeah, we suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, we suck. We, we, you know what I mean? Like that's mm-hmm. that's on us. Mm-hmm. But there was a it, it, Easter it was egg. A, it was a team call. We we yeah. had the TV on. Yeah, we you literally hear us say like, "We just cut it off." Yeah, and they bro, never just cut it off. That's <laughs> over, bro. That's over. And then literally we get a post credit scene and it answered our questions. Really it was yeah. just, <laughs> it was bad, but it was a. 
Easter egg that we did not touch on, and it was during the scene where what's his name? Orboros. Orboros. Orboros uh, brings us into this room, and there is a X on the door. Chill out, Come on, right? let's let's put two and two together now. Mm-hmm. X, you know. Yeah, there's Brian. Come on, Xavier <laughs> So you know, Dan, we can start with you. Um, you know, did you do any research on the Easter egg? Do you and think that's it's- what I'm looking at right now? And I mean, it just feels like a subtle Easter egg. I don't think it's gonna be like anything to do with the X Men going forward. Mm-hmm. I think it's just like, hey, listen, you either notice this or you don't. Obviously, the X was big for all like the secret stuff underneath the uh, Xavier's mansion in the original X Men movies, where he had Cerebro, where they had like the jets and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it's gonna be anything insane going forward. Um, but it is it is a cool thing. It's something you, if you're a fan, you notice. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you don't. You know, there were some other like little Easter eggs here and there throughout the show. Um, Casey, when he when 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 he first runs into that Casey that's wearing the headphones, and he crashes the bus through the thing. Mm-hmm. He's listening to the same podcast that Moon Knight that was Moon listening Knight, to in yep. the very first episode, which links the universes. Um, some people are saying that Loki's time slipping could link to the Spider Verse's glitching. That's what I, I got mm-hmm. out of that too. Yeah. You know, what I'm saying the same way the characters glitch in the movies is basically what Loki was doing with his time slipping. Um, there were some other small ones. Where was it? I guess apparently the temporal loom connects to the character's Norse origins of Loki. I don't really understand how that was. I guess it's a it's Yggdrasil, which is the world tree. I guess it's like a, a subtle reference. And I guess also at the very end, obviously we missed the post credit scene. Uh, Sylvie is in Broxton, Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and that ties into a Marvel comic store storyline. Which is, I guess, a pretty interesting one. Says so episode one, see Sylvie exiting the Citadel at the end of time to Broxton, Oklahoma. At first, this may seem like an innocuous location. Yeah, it has deeper comic book re- connections. Broxton is where Thor rebuilds Asgard after the events of Ragnarok. While the DC- MCU depicted this differently in New Asgard being in Norway, Loki season two, episode one, end credit scene includes Broxton as a neat Easter egg to the Marvel comics. Um, from what I got out of that. Um post credit scene was that Damien clearly knows something. He's a writer on the show because this dude was saying that this is going to connect to the Fox heroes. And all, only only time we ever seen Cerebro be used was in Fox X-Men. And it, they provided some of the best scenes. Um, one of my favorite scenes when they were in there and Charles Xavier cannot get out. And I think Jean Grey was like messing with the Cerebro and he tells, her, tells him to wreak havoc. And he uses his ability and throws the ring of fire into Cerebro and literally destroys it. That's one of the best scenes ever with Cerebro. Is that Cerebro. in the original one, or are you talking about the original I want to say that was in the newer one. I think it was in Days of Future Past, I want to say. Uh, he literally just throws Havoc into into the Cerebro, breaks all the Cerebro. And it's crazy because... I thought that was... Or is that when Apocalypse? Because remember... Oh, yeah, you know, Apocalypse. Apocalypse. Yeah, you're right. Because right, remember, he uses Cerebro yeah. to launch all the nukes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was crazy because like how much power Cerebro has... And the fact that I look, I looked at it and I'm like, it's, pr- it's probably not cerebral, you know. But it reminded me, and then I see like the side by side. I'm like, bro, this literally is. It's, I mean, it's the, the same thing. Well, they have to say like, they say like, where well, the connection definitely makes sense. And like I said, the cerebral thing, that's like one of the coolest scenes to me. Like, I mean, I know the X Men movies, especially the newer ones, didn't mm-hmm. get the greatest reviews. But when Apocalypse basically breaks into the X Mansion, you see Cyclops' brother get killed, mm-hmm. and you know, obviously that's the scene you get with Quicksilver. I know I would consider that one of the better scenes. Yeah. Um, that's always that's always like such a cool scene. Basically, Apocalypse gets into the, Xavier's head while he's in Cerebro mm-hmm. and forces him to launch every single nuke in the world so yeah. that the humans have no mm-hmm. ability to fight back. Picture, and it's just like a really really cool scene. You can't really beat that, honestly. Like the mm-hmm. the just seeing it and like how like everybody's like watching from their homes as these nukes are really being launched into the air. They get blown up in space. So obviously, there's nothing's affected. But it is a really really cool. Um, 
scene to see. And like I said, if that is a callback, and you know maybe it does mean something for the future. I mean, we're gonna get the X Men eventually in the MCU. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. even if it is a slight setup or a slight hint, it'd be really cool to see something like that. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm I'm gonna be different. I'm gonna just say it was a door, a door to yeah, X Men. Right? Yeah. It, it had no connection to it. You know, yeah. sometimes we'd be you know jumping the gun. It was just a door to X Men. It just mm -hmm. so happened to have an excellent. Yeah, it just, you know, it just had it. You know what I mean? The shot caught it. You know, but it's cool. So. Yeah, but you remember uh, how, like, they had, like, the Fendi Stones, like, in this the random desk? And it's like, yeah, Cerebral, Cerebral doesn't mean nothing, like, to us. <laughs> it's just it's just, it's just, just a door to yeah. us, but, like, to other people, it's, you know, it's everything. Yeah. So I guess it just depends who you're talking to kind of mm -hmm. thing, like, in this universe. Like, oh, yeah, like, Fendi yeah, Stone paperwork it's, 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 yeah, you could access all the minds of people in here. Mm -hmm. oh, okay, and then just close the door, because they don't care about nothing because they don't know nothing. But that's how it's going to be with this Loki series. Mm -hmm. like, there's so many Easter eggs and things yeah. that we might think is one thing was other, so... Well, that was like that was all of season one. That's all like, season one. Season one, there were so many theories when they showed stuff, especially like when they went into like that other world with like the cloud monster and all that. They're like, oh well, there's a there's an Avengers Tower back there, and it says Kang on it, so mm -hmm. Kang the Conqueror. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There was so many different callbacks and so many different Easter eggs and stuff there that everybody thought was gonna be bigger down the line. But it's just not fan service, but just be like, hey, listen, if yeah. you pay enough attention, there's some cool stuff you could see. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that, and that's what I said um, when we were talking about Loki. As long as they close up. You know, a majority of the points I'm cool with. Mm -hmm. Do not give us three million theories to work on yeah. and thirty thousand <laughs> Easter eggs. Like, you know what I mean? And later. then you give us season three in another year <laughs> or two, and then, then you know, just just answer most of the points that we asking for, and I'm cool with the season. But um, the pivot into our next point, we have NFL, <sighs> NFL season week five. Nice. Um, Do you really want to start? You might as well give him the worst I mean, news first. We're going to start off with, you know, Dame can, like, he can enjoy his Sundays. <laughs> so we're going to start off with Dame. You know, how did you feel about your team's performance this past um, week? It was a week. <laughs> you know what I'm I mean, I, I'm never going to be mad over a win. Um, I think a lot of people overanalyzed it. Tua, I guess, technically had his worst game. Uh, mm -hmm. Did throw two pretty bad interceptions. Um, but the defense looked good. I don't really know what we're going to do when Jalen Phillips comes back because Andrew Van Ginkle looks like the best pass rusher on our team. Yeah. Uh, Bradley Chubb's been on a milk carton since that Patriots game. <laughs> um, I don't know what we do with Bradley Chubb. We paid him a lot of money to basically do nothing. He just gets killed every single time he rushes the passer. Mm -hmm. Never gets to the quarterback. Well, we got Andrew Van Ginkle doing that. I think the Andrew Van Ginkle and Jalen Phillips are going to be our starters going forward. He can just be a rotational guy. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. It sucks because it which sucks because we paid him all that money yeah. we gave a first round pick for. It, but Bradley Chubb is just not showing me anything to be like, wow, we gotta keep him on the field at all times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, but so, it was a good wait, win. Wait, somebody here bet him defensive player of the year. Seriously, <laughs> like, yo, somebody did. Like, <laughs> you go, if you go through my DraftKings, you'll definitely see it there. And <laughs> so, um, but it was cool. Jalen Phillips got his first, or not Jalen Phillips, Jalen Waddle, I should say, got his first touchdown of the year. And a lot of people were kind of panicking on him a little bit because he hasn't done much yet. Um, but the biggest thing to come out of that game, unfortunately, is the Devon Achan injury. Yeah, um, he did go to IR, which hurts. You know, he's a home run hitter. I feel like every time he touches the ball, he's eligible to go 75 yards mm -hmm. for a touchdown. Yeah. Um, it's going to suck, but the way I'm looking at it right now is that if Miami gets to these next few games, we got Panthers, Eagles, Patriots, Chiefs. We need to at least go 2-2 two and two through those. Mm -hmm. um, 3 and 1 or 4 and 0, oh obviously, is, what you, is the goal. We're getting Jeff Wilson back. Mostert's been good. Yeah. Chris Brooks, Savannah Ahmed could fill in. But I'm really looking at the positive is, you know, come November, we could be getting Teron Armstead, Jalen Ramsey, Devon Achan back, getting yeah. ready for the playoffs. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that's which, you know, bad. which could be a big thing for us going forward. So it was okay. Like I said, definitely never complain about the win. I think we should have another one this week with the Panthers, but, you know, every any given Sunday. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Jules' team is the Browns, by the way. He had a stress 
stress-free week, you know. Mm-hmm. You got the Niners coming up. Okay, everybody send a prayer yeah, out. Yeah, send a prayer out. Uh, actually, going to that game, uh, fortunately, um, <laughs> I'm just put it like this. We're going to get destroyed. Be honest. We're going to get destroyed. Uh, Watson's hurt. Accidentally is crazy. <laughs> Uh, Watson's hurt though. Um, run game's not looking great. Uh, they said he didn't practice yet. Yeah, he didn't practice. <coughs> he, he has. He's, he's DT, being very is careful. DTR about to start. I gotta watch a DTR start against the Niners. For some reason, Niners come out play like everything personal. They get mad at. <laughs> they get mad at people. I got you know, fuck Dallas shirt. I mean, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get all that. Well, that was fire. So bro. if I see Brandon Ayuk pull out a fuck Cleveland shirt, I don't know where. Like I'm gonna have to worry for him because like, why are you saying that about my team? <laughs> I ain't do nothing for it. I ain't do nothing about that. But you know, what I'm looking at though, come off a of bye week, you know, two and two. I did expect three and one. Obviously, I did expect us to beat the Steelers, and that did not happen. Uh, Ravens game was winnable, but DTR was in there, so I mean, I uh, can't really expect too too much. Uh, this is a very incons- inconsistent team, and playing against the best team to me right now in the NFL is just about the yeah, humble. It's about to really be humble out there, that's man. Tough, man. And there's some questions about Deshaun Watson. When you're, like, are you going to come back when you feel, you know, 75%? You got to be fully healthy plus some, or, you know. It is what it is, though. Um, like I said, yeah, guys know how I feel about Watson. If we Our return on interest right now is looking awful. And the Texans who tanked, got their quarterback, and C.J. Stroud looks 100 times better than Deshaun Watson has at any point in his Cleveland tenure. So we'll see how it goes. Whew. Oh, man. Yeah, we we gonna be coming out here every week doing this, man. My <laughs> team. So you know, we we one and three. You know, we just got smoked by the Cowboys, right? I'm mm-hmm. thinking, okay, Saints and Raiders. We got a chance to you know go back to 500. We don't even score a. T- oh my God, bro! It was like three points. We scored. We <laughs> got 34 <laughs> zipped yeah, by like the <laughs> New Orleans Saints. The New Orleans Saints. 34 zipped us. We're done. We're cooked. Remember, remember, bro. We almost beat the Eagles, right? That, that's that's a highlight of the year right now. We almost beat the Eagles, <laughs> like we almost beat the Eagles. You go back to week two, right? We had a had a great game against the Dolphins. That's gonna be the highlight of our season because we are now on one against teams that that we could beat. I mean, we beat the Jets, but I mean, come on, Zach Wilson, like that don't count. Mm-hmm. But we just lost thirty four zip to the Saints. And now we got the Raiders next week. If we would have won these two games, we would have whole whole different trajectory of the season. But we're done. We're cooked. We're cooked. Now, the only reason why, you know, I'm not coming over here talking about tank for Caleb Williams is because the Bears got two picks. So, it's probably quiet. You know what I mean? He probably wouldn't want to play with us. You know, he probably would go back to college. <laughs> but the only reason why I'm even a slightest bit of confident is because we're going against Josh McDaniels. I don't know. Why, Bill Belichick against his old coaches, like, turned into a, a different demon. So, even if we beat them, we got the Bills and Dolphins following that. You know what? I ain't even about to. And it's, and it's in Miami, too, by the way. And it's, in, and it's against two. Then Josh Allen again. I don't know why Josh Allen gets the AFC East. It's just yo, it's literally the best. Co- yo, no, I, I, I know. I don't, no, no, I don't no, no, get no. it. I don't. Get I it, need so to speak on this because I'm sick it. of Josh Allen doing nerdy things to my team and mm. then going out and being average against everybody else. Against everybody else, like <laughs> I'm sick of this. Bro. The Bills have punted three times in the last two years against us. Like, <laughs> like come on. But you, you know what I mean? It's, it, Josh Allen had five <laughs> touchdowns in four incompletions against the Dolphins. <laughs> was doing insane work to us, and then went out against the Jacksonville Jaguars <laughs> and looked like a mid-tier quarterback. I'm yeah. sick of it. It's like literally, like if it's not, you know, uh, I would say, like, it's not the Chiefs in the regular season or the AFC East. He is not going to perform that good. I don't he get it. He's not going to do it. Like, just, like, we need Jordan Whitehead on our team. Like, <laughs> that's what's going to, you know, balance it. But, man, we got the Raiders next week. 
I don't even know anymore, to be honest. Jacoby Myers about to come out there and give us 200 Jacoby, yards. Jacoby, I'm betting two touchdowns. I'm betting two touchdowns. He had two, tu- he had two career touchdowns oh, with right. us. He about to have four touchdowns this game. Devontae Adams is going to kill, uh, I don't even know who go, J.C. Jackson. Like, it's, you know, and know, for man. speaking on football, man, I'm sorry to, you know, Demond, I feel bad for you, of course. No, NBA um, season coming up, though. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to talk about the NBA, but, nah, man, I, I got to call out somebody specific. Oh, yeah, um, oh, yeah. Nah, I got to oh, call yeah. out somebody uh-huh. specific. Uh-huh. Um, this, this at the Big Yak Podcast. Uh-huh. I'm coming for you, Mike. You owe me money. Oh, you owe me $1,000, bro. We cooked up a crazy touchdown parlay. Oh, my God. We would have made some money off this thing. And Mike said, oh, how about Nico Collins? Like, first of all, first Nico of Collins against Atlanta. First of all, Nico of the Big Yak. Um, for him to pick somebody with your name, you you responsible too, bro. So this whole this whole Nico thing, I'm, you're responsible too. Because Mike, we we cooked up the best parlay possible. I mean, but we had a five leg. Man, I couldn't believe scorer. how good we. I couldn't believe how easy it was. Yo, it was so easy. And we literally had Gabe Davis hit, Montgomery hit, Achan hit. Brees Hall hit. We sitting there watching the Nico Collins game, wondering what <laughs> it's, is going to happen. It's crazy because it was the slowest game in the world. It was, it was, it was like the third God. quarter. Everybody else in the fourth quarter. I'm just watching. I'm like, like yeah, he got he got to eventually on, get a red zone <laughs> target right, and then here come Dalton Schultz. But he had zero targets in the fourth quarter. <laughs> yeah, and they were down all game. Like, almost like all oh my game. dude, I was like, you're kidding me. I was like, we could have made some money off this thing. I could not believe it. And then on top of that, I shot myself in the foot. I said, let's go two touchdowns. Sam Laporta. Guess who didn't bet it? Damian didn't bet it. <laughs> Hey, throw I'm Mike done. in jail, man. Throw him in jail. Yeah, yeah. throw Mike throw, in jail. Throw, throw him in jail. Put Nico on yeah, stand. I'm done. I'm, I'm definitely. I'm done taking a betting advice. I'm, I'm done, Mike. I'm showing up outside your house later for money. <laughs> so NFL started week. I think it's probably going to be an all offensive week. Yeah. I don't. There's no defense being played. You know, I mean, the defense, defense is being played, like, but it's uh, tackle for you know two yard gain instead of five yard gain. Yeah. So Dan, we'll start with you. Your NFL started week. All right, man. I was stuck between a couple guys. Um, I'm going to go Jamar Chase. Shout out Jamar Chase. He won me my fantasy matchup this week. Uh, 15 catches, 192 yards, three touchdowns. It's crazy. Um, We were were ready for that to happen eventually. Um, You know, it was a slow start for the Bengals. They were playing the Cardinals, of course. It's not like they were playing anybody insane. But uh, I'm definitely giving it to Jamar Chase. He basically had a pretty legendary performance. Yeah. Because um, I'm open, I'm always fucking open. No, open. No, <laughs> and he went out there. That's a, that, that's really how I base my bets off of. Like, if you if you if you if you feel wide receiver, you go out and complain. I'm betting you. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what I, yeah. I did with AJ Brown. I did it with Jamar Chase. I'm doing it next week with C, well, this week with CD Lamb. Mm-hmm. Because if you complain gonna one time, you're gonna get the ball. Mm-hmm. But um, for my start of the week and go back to the parlay, Brees Hall, same Philly towards ACL on the man went out there and he killed. He carried this team. He's the only offensive touchdown that they had. I'm pretty sure. This dude looked great. I mean, that burst of speed was not there in week one. The week one burst of speed was not there. He got caught by the Bills. <coughs> this week was different. Nobody was even close. Not nobody was close. I think that the Jets, once again, they need to figure out this quarterback situation because, man, this this team is really, 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 really good. I mean, like, come on. Like, we saw, like, I can say without a doubt is a top ten quarterback in the league. Garrett Wilson, I can say without a doubt, is a top ten talent at wide receiver at, in the league. I can say this defense is a top five unit in the league. Unfortunately, though, they just don't have the quarterback play. So if you got a guy like this that can run for 180, 90 yards, you know, against these bad defenses like this, I mean, you got to hope that he's going to have to carry the load against a team like the Bills, like the Dolphins, like the Patriots every time because these are teams that they struggle against year in, year out. Mm-hmm. So my player of the week, I, I feel bad, y'all, because every week I feel like we be jinxing people on here. 
I gotta go DJ Moore, man. Mm-hmm. So we, we we was just talking about how all oh, the Bears in this bad spot, and this terrible situation. <laughs> we, we didn't even give y'all the, the the preview for the Thursday night game. We all Commanders gonna beat them. Mm-hmm. And DJ Moore goes out there and have eight catches for two hundred thirty yards, three touchdowns. So you we know, should have a three touchdown parlay. <laughs> so <laughs> DJ Moore out there, really. out there going crazy. I, I, <laughs> hey, we did that. Hey. I'd have, hey, I ain't gonna lie, man. I wouldn't be here right now. I ain't gonna lie. I might be in the Bahamas, something. I, I ain't even here. I that much. Bro, DJ Moore had a touchdown. I think he caught the ball. I think it was on the sideline. He caught the ball. I think he broke like a tackle or two and just ran straight. I no other defender on the field. I'm, I'm thinking. I'm looking. I'm like, is it a dead play or something? Like mm-hmm. he just running straight, going I, I, by that, himself. That commander's secondary like, is like, what's going on? Mm. That commander secondary is looking. Command the whole mm. team is yeah. just like I mean, ooh. Sam Howell couldn't avoid a sack if his life depended on it. Uh, Manuel Forbes gets bullied every single time he steps on the football field. Somebody I didn't understand going. I mean, this is the this is the, this is the Washington Commanders though. They literally don't draft good in the first round. They just can't do it. I like Forbes. They're I don't think I don't think it's Forbes' problem. I think Forbes is just in a bad situation. You if Forbes is just not a guy you could put on a big wide receiver and be like, hey, listen, you got to go handle that. That is he's true. He's six that foot, one hundred and eighty pounds. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna body up AJ Brown. He can't afford to press AJ yeah, Brown. That was insane. That, like, okay, you know, put, I, him, put him, put not putting him on Devonte Smith, who has the exact same frame as him. That's what I'm saying. And they put him on literally what they call him, fat, not fat Batman. Call him Batman, right? Yeah. <laughs> and like opposed to skinny Batman, probably going with skinny Batman for the skinny cornerback instead of going AJ Brown, who literally mm-hmm. might just push you out the way and run a streak. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened. I mean, he. And Emmanuel Forbes is the kind of player he likes to attack the ball. And he, if yeah. he's guessing wrong, you, you don't want to guess wrong against a guy you already can't body up as it is. Mm-hmm. So, you know what I'm saying? And then it's the same thing that happened. They had him on DJ Moore, and DJ Moore is just a bigger frame than him. So it's the same thing. And the commanders have other corners. They could have easily just been like, hey, listen, just put a bigger guy on him. Even mm-hmm. if he's slower, like at least give him a chance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Emmanuel Forbes is not going to body up your best wide receiver, especially not when he's got 30, 40 pounds on you. Yeah, they, they're trying to have him have a, that, that sauce S season. Like, yeah. oh, chill. That, like, chill. It's too late. You gave chill. up more yards. You gave up more one yards. Game already, like, yo, chill. Like, your <laughs> man's is not okay. in that division, like, where it's Eagles, Cowboys, and then everybody else. Come on, man. You you just throwing your mans out there for, for uh, Granted, he don't have help out there regardless. Like, he's going to have to be their best player out there. No, yeah, so like, but, I'm definitely on him, but, like, I mean, you know, like, you guys, they pay all that money to Kendall Fuller to just play nickel. Like, you, if you don't mm-hmm. go out there and guard their best defender, their best offensive player. Then they right? D, their D-line is on, well, on paper, it looks good, but yeah. it doesn't it Has play. yet to produce It was not The Matt ratings show that they're good. Yeah, Matt ratings, you know what I mean? This ain't mad at all. Because two years ago, I remember, they were the number one defense off the board in fantasy drafts, and they were the 32nd, they finished 32nd. They look like they're going to finish bottom five once again because they just can't, they can't yeah. figure it out. Their secondary is bad. And linebackers, I mean, are linebackers at least. That's what they play, but I don't know how good they are. And the defensive line just is better as, than advertised. I mean, they're not better. Well, so than the, but the names they have, I, I don't think. I think it's a scheme thing, man. I really do. I don't like yeah. Ron Rivera as a coach. And yeah, when is he gonna get fired? I mean, like, like no disrespect to the man because you know he he went through some stuff. He was fighting cancer, whatnot. And it was you know nice to have him around. You know, smart guy, but. Dude cannot coach in 2023. That's not what they need uh, at just, all in any way. And I feel like I feel like the team's really just getting let down by scheme thing right now because the talent they have on defense, mm-hmm. sh- they should be a top ten defense. Yep. Mm-hmm. They have the talent. They they that D line is unbelievable. You have all first round picks, like top twenty picks on that D line. Yep. That is, I, I don't. I think Montez Sweat might be the only one that wasn't. Yeah. You got you got Rick. He should have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was still crazy yeah. at Mississippi State. So you got what is it? It's Deron Payne. Uh, Jonathan Allen, Chase Young, those guys are all top like eighteen picks, yeah. which are which is insane to have. And like you know, you you should be getting pressure on the ball, you should be stopping the run, you should be doing all that. 
And then you got a top linebacker pick. You had like a guy you took in the second round last year, like Jamin Davis. Jamin Davis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think you know he might be the first. Their one safeties are crazy. They got what Derek Forrest and Cameron Curl. Like their safeties are nuts. Mm-hmm. But that cornerback group, I don't know if it's just like I said, if it's a scheme thing. Definitely a scheme. Um, I don't know what it is, but man, the Commanders should be much better, and they look just as bad as their defense is equal to the Giants' offense. Yeah. <laughs> It's about dumpster fire. Mm-hmm. Or New England offense, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, we ain't going that low now. We ain't going that low now. We ain't going to go that far, you know what I mean? Which, man, I, and I will say, too, I didn't realize how bad the Giants offense was until they played Miami. No, they're horrible. Holy, like, <laughs> wow. Like, when I had to watch them for a whole four quarters, like, it is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, Miami's defense is not anything to write home about. And I feel bad about Brian Duvall because, like, he's such a good coach. And it's like, you basically gave him Daniel Jones. You got... Saquon on one leg, you have no receivers. Well, then that, that was like a big thing oh we talked about like goodness. last week, I think, or two weeks ago. Yeah. I was like, you, not you, get, you, get, you get one chance to be a head coach in the NFL usually. Like I said, he worked his way up from all you know all these other positions, and he went to Bama for a year, and he was with the Bills. Finally got a head coaching job, and he's going to get screwed by the team that they gave him. Yep. Sad. Hey, but the commanders, back on the commanders, they're going to look fire next year when they get Kyle Duggar and Josh Uche off the Patriots. <laughs> Bill ain't going to pay him. For what? So, oh, you know, no. Bill ain't going to pay. They free agents. Bill ain't going to pay him. So, they're going to have a better team next year. You know, new coach. You know, probably Gerard Mayo going to be the Bill Belichick might be their coach. But, <clears> I, I thought you were about to say next week because we just slandered them, so they're definitely going to win by I, I saw something <laughs> where um, they said that Robert Kraft said that Bill Belichick is not unfireable. He he fire he real he, he real fireable yeah, right he's, now. They said these real fireable right is not unfireable. And what make it worse is that he's making the team that he can't coach up. So it was like, uh, oh, because he does have personnel decision choices. Yeah, he yeah. got yeah, their GM. You know, we we gonna get into that when when they like one and fourteen. You know, yeah. <laughs> so, so we could really use this now to pivot because there's some other teams we could talk about. Kyler Murray, what if edition? Let's just say Kyler Murray edition. All right, hmm. so let's just say right. The Cardinals, we're in week five. What are they, one and four? Two and, no, no, one and four. One oh, and four. That's a lot of one and four teams. Right? Say Kyle Murray comes back. We'll just throw out next week. So they win. Who they play this week? They what? play, let's see. Kyle Murray is. I thought they play a very bad team. So let's just say they come out this week. And they gave me the St. Louis Cardinals schedule, like they're playing <laughs> a game tomorrow or something like that. They play the Rams this week. They play the Rams. Okay, so divisional matchup. Okay, they lose. We, we, we just give them a loss. Okay, so one and five. You get Kyle Murray back. Let's just say that Joshua Dobbs has a decent performance against the Rams. Um, the Cardinals are competitive, and you get Kyle Murray back, who's ready to play. Do you go play Kyle Murray and? Do you say, okay, if Kyle Murray can give us three, four wins, we're out of the Caleb Williams spot, or do you sit him out longer and hope that the Bears and Panthers pick up? So let's just say with Kyle Murray, do you tank looking at the further schedule, or do you play him as Hope says he's your quarterback for the future? Uh, I'll start it off, and I'll say let's just say Kyle Murray does not start another game for the Cardinals this year. Um, let's just say Josh Dodds has a decent start against the Rams, and they, they're cool at you know, being competitive, you know, giving their fans a show. After they got the Seahawks, Ravens, Browns, Falcons, Texans. That Texas game is very huge because they have the Texas pick. The problem with this is that one win against the Cowboys that you did not need to have. And, you know, obviously, you know, we didn't see it coming that the Cowboys are going to lose to the Cardinals. But they did play a uh, former Eagles defensive coordinator. They knew their scheme. They know them very, very well. They're in a situation where it's going to come down to December 24th. December 24th is the Bears. They play the Bears. That's going to be a huge game. That might decide the entire Caleb Williams situation. If if Kyler Murray is eligible to come back next week, I would not start him out of the game because the franchise is already in a very, very bad spot. 
And it could be worse. There, there are worse franchises out there. But right now, when you have the franchise name, I would not, I would not risk any further injury or any chance where we can't have a solid team next year. Mm-hmm. So let's just say Kyler Murray comes back next year, I'd bench him. So what would you do, based off benching him for the rest of the season? I play him. You already got the one win. Like at this point, like you just, I would rather just hope the Texans play bad at that rate. I That's mean, fair. You know, like, it's just uh, you know you don't want to go out there and just be like, oh, you know, we're, we're we're tanking. I mean, obviously they should. I mean, Caleb Williams obviously is a generational prospect. Mm-hmm. That's a quarterback you want. Mm-hmm. But getting out of Kyler Murray's contract is going to be harder than anything else yep. in the world right now. He he's owed so much money, mm-hmm. especially the next couple of years. Unless you find a team that's willing to pay him all that money, you're going to have to still pick up most of it. Yeah, you probably have you're to gonna, play you're him. You're going to still take your team. Like you're, mm-hmm. no matter what you do, if you play Kyler Murray and he and you know he you win a couple of games, then you're you're okay. You lose draft, you know you lose draft status. But if you don't play him and you're like, okay, we're just going to trade you. Good luck. Mm-hmm. The, the the money that he's owed, the contract that he signed is so ginormous that it's gonna hurt them no matter what they do. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I feel like at that point you already paid him, just play him. Yeah, you 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 probably would have to play him because I mean if you don't play him again, like his his trade value is kind of amp right now. His mm-hmm. contract. What I'm saying, is like huge. I mean, if, if we're going, like, on, like I said, you're coming, you got you got a mobile quarterback who's already really small, mm-hmm. and you got and you know he's shown to struggle throwing over the middle because he can't see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then you're gonna be like, okay, well, here's your ACL that you just blew out. So now we gotta see if you could even move the same way you did before. Mm-hmm. You know, his trade value isn't there. So I was like, what are you gonna do? Take a third round pick for the guy and be like, okay, well, we're also gonna pay you seventy million dollars of that guaranteed money, mm-hmm. and hope you have fun somewhere else. Like, yeah. the, the Cardinals are in a bad spot regardless. You know, yeah, like, yeah, a lot of people questioned when they paid him to begin with. Nobody saw the injury coming, obviously, but the injury makes it ten times worse. For them. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then it's a risk because if you don't play him, right? Okay, Trey Value is going to be where it's at right now. But if you do play him, he could be awful. Like, the team's already going to be awful. And then you and, put and him out said, there. And there is two yeah, sides so. of the coin with that. Where, like I said, mm-hmm. he could come back and be, like I said, how you said, horrible. And now you're like, damn, well, now we really ain't getting enough for him. So yeah. now what do you do? Do you drive a quarterback and just let Kyler Murray be the most expensive backup in the world? Mm-hmm. Like, ever? Yeah. Okay. You know, like, I mean, it's, it's a tough situation to be in. But I feel like, you know, if he's eligible to play, you just got to play him at this point. But at the same time, maybe what is it, Johnson Gannon? Maybe he just doesn't want to. I mean, this is the same thing the Cardinals went through when they took when they hired Cliff Kingsbury. Yeah. Josh Rosen got that one year and they were like, Hey listen, we're gonna take our we're gonna take our guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We want Kyler Murray. Okay. So, so let's just say Kyle Murray edition. Kyle Murray comes back, plays decent. What team in NFLs should trade for him? Give me two or three teams. The Jets. That's that's the only team that needs to trade for him is the Jets. Mm-hmm. In my honest yeah. opinion. If you want to go to another team, the Broncos. Only two teams I would say that could possibly trade for him and do something decent with him. Other than that, he'd be in probably a bad situation no matter what. Um, but what making off what you said, I wouldn't rely on the Texans to play bad. They're being a really competitive team, so I would think they're. I think their pick's gonna fall to top ten very soon. They are. They're already at like I think ten right now, so I think it'll fall to top ten. But the way I'm looking at it, I mean. If you got to trade him somewhere, I would be looking like I'll be st- I'll be staring at Jets right right now. Like <laughs> Kyler Murray, if you commit to playing this year right now, we'll trade for you. Like realistically, I would do that. Like honestly, I think he's capable of taking that team to the next level. But it's hard. Rodgers. Um, so Aaron Rodgers, you have a speedy recovery. I hope you could walk another day in life, and and you just score him out the door. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I mean, like, like, like it sounds crazy, but like. There's a lot of similarities in Kyler Murray and, and Aaron Rodgers. The the gunslinger mentality, the touch passes, the the scramble outside the pocket, throwing a run, all that kind of stuff. They kind of do the same thing. So I don't think he actually fits very very well in that Jets offense. Yeah, I don't know. It's a tough situation. I, those, those are probably the hit. The Broncos and the Jets probably are the only ones that make sense. Be, because he said if he goes, what are you going to do? Trade to the Titans, or you know, what I'm yeah, saying? no. Are you gonna trade <laughs> him to 
I mean, like I know the Vikings are about to hit the reset button, but the Vikings might have well tanked for one of the top quarterbacks at that rate. Mm-hmm. If Justin Jefferson's really not going to play for any time soon, Kirk Cousins might waive his trade option or something like that. You yeah. know, his trade clause. So I mean, it. I just don't know what team would want to pay him, man. Like this, that contract is ugly. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's just say that Tom Ray comes back. And he, I don't, okay. When's come back I, player of the year? Let, let, <laughs> let's say he come back and play, you know, better than expected. And you get the fourth, fifth pick in the draft. Do you still try to go quarterback with no. the assets you have? Or do you keep Kyle Murray you and go, build? You go right around and you build around him. You already got Paris Johnson. Yeah, I, I, would, do my, I would do my absolute best to, to actually – Actually, trade up and get Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. No matter what, I think, I think that RC record is very iffy. And if you add Marvin Harrison Jr., it looks like a top ten RC record, like automatically. And Marquise Brown has been surprisingly good with mm-hmm. the fact that Josh Dobbs is his quarterback. Not not slighting Josh Dobbs in the slightest, but Marquise Brown struggled a little bit last year. Was hurt. Um, he's looked he's looked a part of a wide receiver one yeah. for his, but you know for that offense at least right now. But I do think you try to just get the best possible weapons you can for Kyler Murray again. I mean, you know. DeAndre Hopkins had some good years with him. You know, obviously they didn't result in much. So, but you definitely try to get, you know, build up that offensive line, maybe a little bit build up, get him Marvin Harrison Jr. or Abuka, and, you know, that defense is really where they got to start building on. I agree, yep. So, besides, I believe, okay, Trey Lance is on the Cowboys, So and Jaguars is kind of iffy. So, I want to kind of pivot to something different. So, let's do the same game. Let's just say with the 2021 quarterbacks, Fifth-year options is coming up from uh, Trevor Lawrence to Mac Jones. Rank them. Which position, which guy has the best chance after this year to still be in the NFL, or what positions or what teams do you think they could still be on? Uh, Trevor I'll, Lawrence. I'll say Trevor Lawrence is a lot to stay. Yeah. I don't, Trevor I, Lawrence is a lot to stay. He, he not does just, just enough, you know, to be low-key, and nobody ever questions him. So, I mean, he's, mm-hmm. he's good. You know, as, as much as a generational talent he was deemed to be, He's doing enough to stay out the, out the spotlight. So I'll put Trevor Lawrence at one. Um, Justin Fields, I'm putting yeah. – I'm not going to put – so obviously Trevor Lawrence is going to be number five. He's a backup already. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I'd probably put – Mac Jones, I think, has shown enough in his career to be at least a career backup if he doesn't mm-hmm. get a starting job somewhere else. He could at least play backup in the NFL. Um, I'm trying to think. Cause... Jack Wilson and Justin Fields is where it gets a little iffy because I still don't – even if Justin Fields plays the rest of this year and he plays the way he has the last two weeks. I still don't think the Bears pass on Caleb Williams. No mm-hmm. shot. I really don't. Even if, like I said, because I, I, they could still get Caleb Williams with the Panthers pick. So even if the Bears end up being good or, you know, at least, like, they don't get the first overall pick with their pick, they have the Panthers pick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the Panthers – and the Panthers aren't going to win many games this year. They so win any. Exactly. <laughs> so with the way it's going right now, I would say Trevor Lawrence is the only lock. I'd probably go Trevor Lawrence one, Justin Fields two. But like, it, it, but he'll end up on another team. I don't. He, he won't get his accepted and then move yeah, because that's say, a little easier. To that's what I'm saying. They'll they'll accept the option. They'll trade him to whoever the highest bidder is, mm-hmm. and then it'll probably go Mac Jones three, Zach Wilson four, and Trey Lance five. Okay. Before before we keep going, all right, I got a, I got a hypothetical because somebody said it on uh, Facebook. I want to give a shout out to uh, Sherrod. He uh, gave this option to me. Let's just say Kyler Murray leaves and goes to MLB. He, he's done playing. He's done playing. Football altogether. He goes play a safer sport and goes to the MLB. That's crazy. Bye. That'd be, that'd be why, why would I care? Bye. I mean, like he 
Well, he's not really moving the needle. Like, like, but yeah, that's what I'm, like, like he has a, another whole stream of income right there. Like yeah, he, he right could there. go there. Like it'd and be say, cool you know to what? see. I don't, but... wanna, I don't wanna go to the I don't wanna Las Vegas. I don't wanna go to Denver. I don't wanna go to New York. I'm gonna go play baseball. Maybe maybe two maybe two years ago I'd have been moved by it. He never signed that deal. Okay, okay. He could just re enter the MLB draft. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That makes sense. Like two years ago I'd have been moved by it, but it's now, I mean, it's crazy how much of a storyline that was, and now it's like, yeah, it's, it is what it is. Russell Wilson, you know, probably should do the same thing. <laughs> yeah, but at the same know, time, I, I mean, just wonder how. I mean, like, I know he was a, a pretty high pick, but baseball is just so weird, man. Like, he'd be in that system for a long time before we probably saw. Oh him. yeah, for sure. In a major league baseball uniform, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, because like, all these prospects are it was like the most prospects ever. That's what I'm and saying. That like, was in like, the you know, top one hundred, and you really ain't making that much money in the minors. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not not like not NFL life changing money like mm-hmm. how he's got right now. But I mean, that definitely is a crazy hypothetical. I mean, if he was to do something, like that, I mean, it would shock the sports world. Yeah, that's why th- they were like, "Oh, I like you know, think that. like he, he's why that's kind of be like when Bo Jackson like got drafted and walked away and was like, well, I'm gonna go play baseball." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then came back later. I was just thinking the same, like, like you know where he'll make his money in the endorsements. Yeah, oh, Bo Jackson probably made more money in his endorsements because he was that dual sport athlete thing. Mm-hmm. Like he was, he was everywhere. Like yeah. Bo knows there was the commercials and all that merchandising and stuff. So. And it, does he need the money? Maybe he just wants to accomplish something. So give him yeah, a, like I, hey, exactly. I'd no, be excited to see it. What, what you know, Kyler Murray did like no, I guess I've been a top five pick in the NFL and MLB. But he'd make a ton of money just in endorsements. Yep. Yeah. Like you I mean, think com- commercials and like you know people changing what kind of cars they drive and like it'll just all be yeah, like be I used to drive a gas car now I drive a you know electric vehicle like I made a change too like it'll be all like there'll, there'll be tons of people that will make him a big celebrity he'll make a ton of money just on endorsements and he could do that for years to come yeah, so it's not sure. it's, it's not the worst idea yeah it's, yeah, it's, it's not. cool that's cool that's why I think it's possible I think yeah, it's why don't I go play at MetLife and tear my ACL once again like nah I'm good I'll, I'll stay. I'll go a bit. Play You're playing dirt. Yeah, mm-hmm. playing playing some mud. <laughs> you know what I mean? some mud yeah. Playing some dirt. So right. now we're gonna pivot into Gen V. So last week I didn't know what they was talking about. I didn't know what was going on. I was like, you know what? Let me lock in. So I watched every episode, and now I'm officially caught up. So ending of the last episode. Whew. Man, end of the last episode, we so had random. Marie. <laughs> that's it was random. We had Marie and Jordan laid up at the end, but it was a blacked out scene. Blacked out scene. So I don't even know. I'm gonna start with y'all because I got a theory in my head. But what y'all think happened? How how did Marie? I don't know. I don't even know if Jordan blacked out. But how did Marie black yeah, out? I'm, I'm gonna start it off. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say what I said last week. I don't trust Kate. Mm-hmm. If I have if I have mind control powers. I am going to do whatever I want, and it was they obviously showed that flashback scene for a reason with Sam and Golden Boy, and that the fact Sam and Golden Boy having their moment, and then Sam spazzes out because you know because he's he's fucked up, and she touches him and he and, and he goes to sleep, and then during the scene at the end, and they're in the house, said you're not gonna make me go to sleep again, or you're not gonna you know make me pass out, whatever he's, the case may be. Because he knows that if she makes him pass out, he does not know what those people are going to do to him. Because he's going to mm-hmm. wake up and not know what happened. Because she knocked him out. She put him to sleep. He's fucked up. Like, he doesn't know why. But they have this this girl probably knocking these people out. But by touch. And it's, it's so little for her. But it does extort a lot of energy out of her. I mean, it literally is almost killing her to do That's this. the reason why I don't think it's Kate. I do think this is a Sam thing. Um, they talk about it throughout the whole episode. Sam is more powerful than and, than his brother. Mm-hmm. If Golden Boy was put up there with Homelander as one of the most powerful soups ever made, 
and now they're saying that Sam is way more powerful than Golden Boy ever was. Mm-hmm. What if Sam is one of the first people to have multiple different powers? Yeah, because mm-hmm. I mean, they did they did say that he he jumps like Queen yeah, Maeve. I, mean, I say he I say he jumped like Queen Maeve, and you know he he's has clearly strength got like a motherfucker. You know I'm saying he's literally punching dents in metal walls, like thick metal walls. Like I mean, he's clearly strong. He's got the jumping ability. And what if he's just got telekinetic powers as well? I mean, we don't know yet. He's clearly got severe mental issues. What if that's a mental manifestation of his telekinetic powers? I think it's a red herring to because okay, so you get that blonde guy was like Ralph or whatever, mm-hmm. and she blew his dick up, right? Yeah. And everybody's like, okay, mm-hmm. well he's a, he he made her he made Marie pass out. I think that's a red herring. I think they want you to think that he was one of the ones that did that to them. I don't think he had anything to do with it. I do think it was Sam. I think Sam's gonna be a soup where you realize that the reason he's so powerful is because they might have injected him with multiple different hero powers. He's got a power from each hero or something like that. Where just see how much he can handle. Just to see, exactly, you know, see, to test the human test body him, to see, yeah. and that's why he's so fucked up mentally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To where you know what I'm saying because her, you know, her and Jordan Lee were hooking up. Then it was like, okay, we're leaving. They go to help Sam, and then they black out, and then they're, it's like they, it's like they hooked up, and nothing else happened. Mm-hmm. And then you watch the preview after, and everybody's like, well, okay, now they're all starting to recognize it mm-hmm. that they blacked out. But like I said, the, the what you said at the end about your thing is the only reason I don't think it's Kate is that she was really hurt over like what two officers. Yeah. She made two officers do that and she and she passed out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If she's doing that to the whole group, yeah, she she'd be dead. That's so a, that's, that's the only thing that that's I think that's the only thing that I that I why I'm like, you know, Kate could end up being a bad person still. I'm not knocking mm-hmm. that out because yeah. Kate even her, if she started off bad, you know, and doing certain things and she did that and mm-hmm. then like she finally realized like, all right, I can't be doing this because it is literally killing me. Like, exactly. So I have to make a decision. And, yeah. So mm-hmm. I do think we're definitely going to get a reveal where like we, we find out just how much power Sam has. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a complete revelation for the show. Yeah. See, that's a good point. I think it's Kate, though. And this this is why. Because in the episode, they talk about how much sacrifice Kate made for Golden Boy. Mm-hmm. Basically, not a sacrifice is for nothing. So I could see like why that would shift her mindset and becoming a bad person. Mm-hmm. And if you go through the characters, we've seen like different portions of their powers. Like we've seen their strengths, like their highs, and we've seen some of their lows of their powers. Kate is the only one where we've just seen her. I mean, yeah, she passed out with the two people, but we, that could have been for a show. You know, that could have been. That's what I was been, thinking that she could like, have been for a show, true, like <laughs> for a show, or she could have been doing that because you know it's been a long, you know. Day Long for day. her, I'm, I'm stuff hungry. like that. So <laughs> that that that's what I'm saying. It's like as much as they saying how powerful she could have been, she could be in the top five easily. I mean, yeah, and they, they, they said that she yeah she pivoted from crime fighting. And yeah, to to help Golden Boy out, yeah, yeah. and now Golden Boy is dead. So it's like that you know if to. if she's that powerful, I don't think that you know her mind control and two officers will make her pass out. Right, you know what I'm saying. So. I don't it, know. it could be more just, to her powers than just her touching people too. Yeah, yeah it could be some. That's, that's, it's something like, more than that. That she can do, and like what she did with the officers was way different than just touching them. And like she literally mind controlled. Like, yeah, made them mm-hmm. do like, a bunch of like literally stuff, like right? got into his mind. Yeah, so it's like I don't know. I feel like Kate. I feel like it was Kate, especially after the interview and we find out like the sacrifice she made for Golden Boy. Now that Golden Boy's dead. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, it's a power that we have. Like, even with Emma, Emma was being shrunken the whole series, and then ass episode, she's tall again. And I do like, think it's that's different. pretty cool to see that, too, where you see there's more to her powers than just all mm-hmm. the shrink. Yeah, like, we've so. seen the different aspects with each character, and Kate's is like, we just haven't seen, like, we know the potential that she has, we just we haven't seen, seen it, it yet. yet. So, that, that would be my guess. But, again, you made good points about Sam. It's just, I don't know. We only got four episodes left. Then again, you yeah, know, Sam. <laughs> then again, you know, Sam probably could have heard that Marie was the one that um, got all the credit for not killing Golden Boy, but like you know, stopping she ran him, stopping yeah. him. So maybe Sam did something to her, 
and maybe we maybe the rest yeah, of the that group could be a thing that that Sam found out or or Sam got a feeling, you know, that that Marie didn't take credit for that because she is taking credit for that. Mm-hmm. But she did kind of redeem herself and you know come out and say like Jordan Lee helped me. She, I would not be I would not be here if mm-hmm. Jordan Lee didn't didn't you know fight him off. So it is a lot of things going on. A lot of like I said that preview and to the next. Uh, However many episodes, I don't know how if that's just a preview for the next episode or just the how next half of the season because right. the last preview was the uh, was way more than just the uh, last episode we've seen. Mm-hmm. But you know those gloves that uh, Kate is wearing uh, might be kind of leaning towards your point that like she is trying to, to, to be, be a good person. She wears those gloves to not you know so if I touch you then I don't want to make you you know say you know because she has to have her bare hand you know touching you. Yeah. Uh, that's, it is a pretty good point, but also um, want to mention like why uh, why is all our favorite characters Jordan Lee like that's, ain't that crazy? Like, right. well, you know, and I want to say too, so this, that goes and Jordan Lee once again shows that she is more power. So there's more to her power than just gender swapping. Once again, you see that she used an energy blast when she hit Jord when she hit Sam and blasted him to oh the window. Oh my god! I was so like, said, I, I want to. Who I, is she? Yeah, I, like I, what's I going on? What more to her powers it is because it. It, it didn't look like she hit him. It looks like when she pulls her hand out, it's an energy blast. Like it doesn't look like she's physically hitting him. Yeah. And we see it again. It kind of looks like a rainbow light kind of thing when she hits him. So we definitely show that more. And Jordan definitely continues to get probably the best character development on any character. Easily. So, Easily. Um, they're Easily. definitely pivoting towards making her just as important <laughs> as anybody else. That's why like it's hard to even know. Like it's hard to guess where the show is going to end up because. Every every episode feels like there's a character that's getting more shine than the other. Mm-hmm. And then it this just, this is a huge episode for uh, Sam and uh, Emma. It was a huge easily. episode. Well, yeah, I mean, Easy. it was it's really cool. But you know what? I feel like that they're setting that up for that to not be a happy ending. The boys doesn't get happy endings. That's not about this. I think the boys doesn't get happy endings. So that that makes me think that something that's gonna happen to Sam or something happen to Emma. It's just not one of those things where they they get what they want in the end. Mm-hmm. And um, but I am really excited to see how the show is going to end. Uh, they got that puppet scene that was shown in the thing. That's going to be insane. Where oh, you're yeah. basically going to be Sam ripping people apart, but as puppets, mm-hmm. which is you know like and you know he was talking about what was it Jason Ritter in the deep that were the puppets in the mm-hmm. um in the yeah episode. that was a pretty uh, crazy scene. Well, that's why I was saying we're going to his mental health. That's why I'm so thinking that Sam has more powers than just what's it called because no other hero has these severe mental issues like that that we've seen. But we know what his last power is going to be if he has all the powers. Laser sight. Yeah, yeah, it's for gonna sure. be laser sight because it's that's well, gonna, see, like, that, he's homeless. Well, like, 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 like what if? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like with the multiple powers, like what if they're injecting him with like DNA of all the seven? Yeah, that's or something like, like that. The, you know the what I'm saying? Was like Queen Maeve. Obviously, the super strength has to do with all of them. Nah, say everybody's the super strength. strength. I would say like we could eventually see that maybe he has like maybe he has like the healing ability like Black Noir, or yeah, he has he probably wouldn't be as fast as a train, but maybe enhanced speed. You know what I'm saying? Or if he ends up having laser sight or something like that, then. You can see you saw how many experiments they were doing on him when they were you know while he was in the woods. They show you that. Yeah. So that's why I'm thinking that there's gonna be some big revelation. And then you heard what they said too about the woods. Where like you know if that gets out, that's a big that's a disaster for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's gonna be hell to pay. So there's gotta be something more to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's. I'm definitely... wondering if he has the ability to absorb powers. Yeah. See, that's another that good could one. Also yeah. be a thing, like though. that's why they lock him away because they're afraid he's. Because if he's near another hero, he can just he, take he whatever just power they got. Absorbs their powers, so like, they don't want him like. You know, get, getting too powerful because then they can't control them, so they keep. That's kind of like oh, there's a so DC like that was that something like that. they shot him with something and whatever the the, the stuff, and then he he's got that. That that could be why they separated is the that, brothers. Because yeah, Golden Boy is like at Golden the top. Boy, yeah, can't yeah, take, like, Golden, can't Boy take all Golden Boy shine. Golden Boy is Emma's like, the character I love the most, though. I, just, I love Emma too. I Emma, think yeah, Emma's her character is really just so. I think her character is just so current about everything going on in the world with with people, younger people, and I just think her character is great and her trying to be like a good person. Like we need like 
a sum of the people on the show to be good people. Right, they can't all be bad. Because eventually they're going to, some of them are going to end up having to fight against the boys or team up with the boys or something. We're going to definitely get overlaps. Yeah. And you know, it's actually really cool now you thought you bring up the Azor Power thing because there is a character in the DC universe that does that and that's Amazo. He was created as like a cyborg, but every any time he fights a hero, he can steal their power. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, he fights Superman, he can steal his strength, steal his laser sight. They fight him in the in the Injustice animated movie. They fight Amazo, and he steals all their powers. It makes it almost impossible to stop him. And I think so that is a really cool an theory too. That can do that too yeah, so that's a really cool theory, honestly. Yeah. That's not something I would have. Because in Days about. of Future Past, um, it, this wasn't what's her face? Don't they bring in <laughs> Rogue or something, something like to like? I forget. There's like there's definitely a no, couple I'm mutants. Sorry, the way in the way they do Days of Future. Oh yeah, Rogue. Yeah, okay. Rogue, yeah, Rogue will do one of those. Rogue can steal power or something. Yeah. So like that's yeah. definitely a, a power that's out there in the superhero. You know, universe. in the world, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah I, that, that's actually a good point. Now that I think about it. Yeah, Gen V's definitely gonna got a lot going on. That's gonna really preoccupy us along with Loki for the next yeah, four man. weeks. Basically, it sucks. Cause I really the wish we could do live reacts to that. Like, no, for <laughs> sure. The action in that is way, it's way crazy. Way, so we do actually have a really, really good movie coming out next mm-hmm. week that we want to touch on. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a movie that me and Jules have been talking about for a few months now. Um, Killers of the Flower Moon. Yes, man. I can't wait. Uh, this is getting hyped up as... Um, okay, so first of all, it's a Scorsese, Leonardo DiCaprio film. You don't need to know much more than that, um, yeah, in all man. honesty. When they, make, when they get together, they make magic. Um, that is just what it is. But this one is being touted as the best of their... Uh, what's that word? When they're working together. Collaboration. Yes, yeah. collaboration. 97% Ron Tomatoes. Is, yeah, I see 9 out of 10. For a three and a half hour movie, by the way. Three and a half hour movie. Oof. So, um, what are you thinking, Jules? What are you... Should we... So, first of all, DeMond hasn't seen the trailer. Yeah. And you know how much I hype up this damn can trailer. We, can we use this um TV to play the trailer, Amaranto? Yep. Yeah, okay. Um, I just want to turn this uh, trailer on for him because um, from what I got of it, it's very dark, right? I've said this... And it's based and on a book. My, yeah, it's based on a book. It's one of one of the movies I've been looking at for a while now because when I first found out about it, I was like completely stunned and shocked that they would come out with a movie like this. Uh, I would say so late, but like just so like for something for something timing, that yeah, like I would never guess it would come out. But October is a time for something like this for indigenous people to come out. You know, obviously indigenous people they just passed, and you yes. know this is obviously a big thing where this is gonna play into that stuff where you know I mean they tell you in the trailer. Native American people had the land, and the white people came in, and they said, "Hey, listen, you got money on that land. Mm-hmm. We want it." Mm-hmm. And that is basically and it's so it is so deeper than. than just then like, you know, obviously, there's more to that's just surface you. level, you know. But it's like literally bringing people to their death, and you know, it's 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 a scary thing because this act, this is this is as you know as ninety nine percent true as something can get. Like a lot of this stuff did happen, and you know, Leonardo DiCaprio's character. I was a little bit confused about it because I, I didn't know too much about it. But the more trails are coming out, you're obviously seeing that he wants to protect this woman well, because it, he's in love with it her. It seems like he, he's a detective. Yeah. He's investigating whatever murders are going on and falls in love with her. And he's like, okay, well, I'm not going to fight for the white people that are coming for your land. I'm going to protect you and your people. Yeah. And, you know, they actually have, they end up having a baby and all that. Mm-hmm. And, like, and I, what I love about this is they cast an actual woman mm-hmm. that is a part of this Native American group. Yeah. And she doesn't have like acting credits. Like, this is like her first yeah, major this is, role. That's, that's what I was And, like, like she's being considered an Oscar favorite. Like, I mean, this is not some, like, you know, random person. She's going to have, you know, I hope this is the one with the song. It, I don't know if it's the most recent one, then probably. Uh... Oh, that's a teaser. Yeah. Uh... I'll keep it. Dang it. Uh... 
So it's based on a true, true yeah, event. Yeah, like, I mean, this is stuff that just happened. Like, I, I don't know if like the exact story is a true event, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. this is stuff that happened all the time early on in the you know like early 1900s, late late 1800s. Oh. That's the. It might be that one right there. Yeah, that official trailer. Yep. song gets me going every single time. Damn. So it seemed like he like torn between. So you know, honestly, I didn't really pay attention to it because it does seem like he's kind of getting interrogated by. Uh, I'm think I can blank it on the actor's name right now, the older one. But I'm almost kind of wondering if it's like an infiltration. Huh? De Niro, Robert De Niro. Thank you. I mean, you know, I almost kind of wonder if it's like an infiltration thing where he was like, "Hey, listen, you got to go in there and get close to her because she, her family's got money on land." Yeah, and then it ends up becoming a thing where he, he doesn't, he, he doesn't even want to. That's what I'm saying because I, I originally I thought it was just like he fell in love with her, but now I'm wondering if. Because he's talking, you know, we got to take our, you got to take our, our land back and stuff like that. Where it's like, he is going in there to infiltrate their family and you know get that money. But then it's like, mate, I actually love this woman. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I can't just do that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And for this to be considered like their best movie, you know, everybody's giving this. Leo's already getting Oscar hype. Um, they're getting a bunch of Oscar hype for this movie. And Scorsese and, and Leonardo DiCaprio have made Gangs of New York. They mm-hmm. made The Aviator. They made The Departed, Shutter Island, and then The Wolf of Wall Street. I mean, for this to be considered their best movie yet, and when you got other uh, those movies being involved in the mix, that says something about this movie. Yeah, man, they got they got a cast on here for sure. And Jesse, you seen Jesse Plemons, one of the most unlikable guys. There's no way in hell he's gonna be a decent person. Yeah, he's, he's literally a bad person <laughs> in every single he's role. Been a, he's in. been a villain all of my life, from Like Mike to Breaking Bad to now this. Uh, <laughs> 
and they also got Brandon Fraser in there. Who's yeah, Brandon Fraser is really cool to see his resurgence continue to grow. As uh, you know, obviously after he went in the Oscar for the Whale, yeah. so it's really cool to see him continue to be. A they part they of missing him. one actor. They had one more actor in there. I'll say ten out of ten, but you got to. I mean, I, again, <laughs> I'm, I'm just saying, like, yeah, like I can't act, bro. I know I can't act. <laughs> I'll be on there. Tch. I'm about to read the book before I wait to see the movie. I know, right? I want to read something. <laughs> I think I'm about to read the book. Some crazy uh, backstory to it, but not, like you said, 97 percent out of from Rotten Tomatoes. That's probably going to uphold a, at least over 95 percent. I'm assuming three and a half hour movie though. If that if that's getting a 97 percent out of three and a half hours, I mean, people cannot put it aside. Yeah, but I'm, I can't even. Anything. I can't even be surprised though. Oppenheimer was highly touted. That was a three hour movie. Yeah, it was an extra 20 minutes. You know what I'm saying? I, people you know excited about for this movie is I like the fact that it's. You know, you see movies like this sometimes, and then you know, like think of like Dances with Wolves. And mm-hmm. obviously, there's some there's African American, Native American actors in there. Yeah, but like, um, not a lot, and it's still like the main characters still like All the main characters are still white guys, yeah. and white women. Where this film is like heavily gonna create like a lot of opportunities for Native American. Well, actors. that's exactly, and that's an area like that that in this country we still haven't gotten too well. I Absolutely, mean, there's a lot of minority casting now, but. Native Americans still struggle, and I just love the fact that we're getting this. And if you just look at that cast list in IMDb, like it's just a ton of Native Americans. And that was what I was talking about when you went upstairs to grab your laptop. Was like I said, the 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 one that's going to play the the main character, the woman, is Lily Gladstone, and she has no acting credits outside of this film. This is going to be her big one, and you know, for her first major film to be something like this, where it's getting this praise already. That, that was just a silly meme, though. Like, they just ripped off the Avatar. It's, no, he's, like, infiltrating. Right. He's just like, no, it's Avatar ripped Avatar off everything. Yeah. But, I, no, but I mean, but on a serious side, like, yeah, this. I think this movie and Oppenheimer, they're going to be the two fighting out for all the Oscars. They're just going to win everything, most of these two movies. Honestly, yeah, I, mean, I do think you know, yeah, Oppenheimer great. kills the flower will probably end up sweeping the Oscars pretty heavily next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely about to tap in. It, look, it looks great, man. I'm not gonna lie. That, that song, like that's that, the, that, the whole that, score that, is probably gonna be insane. I literally like, had terrifying. that song on my phone, man, because that, that that score gets me lit every single time. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah, I love that a good score. Really the music good. soundtrack yeah. is really. I good love for the scores. Trailer. Like the Oppenheimer score is really great. Um, mm-hmm. The score it? looks like it's really good. Ever since we ever since we started this podcast, I say that every time we see a movie, I'm like, bro, uh, I am just such a big music person when it comes yeah. to soundtracks. Mm-hmm. If you got a good score in the movie, that's automatically gonna give me something to work with. Yep. So, do anybody got anything to? Anything else? Let me, mm-hmm. let me close the show this time. Oh, 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 hold okay. on. Lock in. All right, gotcha. Um, the mind usually in this spot, you know, telling y'all some, some really good life advice. Uh, let me close this. I don't think I'm reading off the screen right now. All right. Um, in life, man, just be humble, man. You know, uh, okay, we talked about this. <laughs> we talked about this before, though. Humble beginners. We've been, you know, editing off a phone, you know, recording off phone, you know, mic plugged into a phone type. That's where we started at, you know, and now that we're here and doing this, like, this could always be taken away, so every day, I'm always grateful, I always look forward to recording, I always look forward to uh, everything that we're doing here, but that's what everything in life, man, I don't, like, you're not judged on the people that you treat above you, you're judged on people that you treat below you, you know, the people that don't have as much, you know, because everything can, like, can be taken away from you, all because mm-hmm. you don't think it can be you, it can be you, and it might be you one day, so just put yourself in people's shoes, Understand that, like we we are on a beautiful beautiful journey right now, but we have to be grateful for every single step that we take. You know, don't take one step for granted because one day, like I said, one day we might not be there. So I just mm-hmm. like to think that if we're humble and we consider the fact that we worked hard to get here and we're gonna keep working hard to stay here and elevate 
That's all that matters. Mm-hmm. Oh my, yo, he might. This might be his permanent <laughs> spot, child. This might be his permanent spot. Yeah, yeah, yeah just, <laughs> just, just appreciate. Yeah, just appreciate what you got, mm-hmm. man. Like, don't you ain't got to flex on people. You ain't got to, you know, put people beneath you. Mm-hmm. You know, any given, you know, they probably working just as hard as you, probably yep. harder than you. And you know, given situations and given circumstances, they can't, you know, have the success you had. So just be humble and and live your life, man. You ain't got to beat on nobody <laughs> else. And that really goes into what the people we play 2K with. Oh. If you're lucky enough to run with us three, be humble about it. Yeah, be humble. Because I'm, si- I'm sick of asking for runs and getting disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Kai because Kai made my night last night because he was actually good at the game. Mm-hmm. So Who not good at the game? Hold on. Who not good at the game? Anti-thoughts. Oh. <laughs> Miss, misfit. Oh. <laughs> you may dropping the whole clan. But appreciate y'all for tuning in. Uh, thank you guys for the support again. Like I said, on all social media platforms, you guys for sharing our messages out there. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all, and we'll see you guys for the Loki, the Loki episode two uh, watch party. And if you guys don't tune into that, then we'll see y'all next week.